Aren't kids awesome? There's, there's just something about them that they're, they're thankful for everything that comes into their lives. I feel like sometimes as adults, we have to retrain ourselves to be thankful. Has anybody ever experienced that? It's like the kids are just like, hey, you gave me something. This is great. I'm so excited. I'm thankful for my brother. I got to ask Leo if that was really true or he was coached into that uh, saying. But uh, wow, what an, what an awesome thought, too, that the kids are thankful for their families and getting to spend time together. Uh, we are coming into the holidays, and there will be a lot of gift-giving and exchanging and opportunities to be thankful. I think uh, a lot of the gift-giving this year might happen by Amazon packages showing up at people's houses. Is anybody taking advantage of that in the, in the season, in the year of COVID? We're sending our gifts from a distance. But did you ever get a gift that you didn't react well to? Or is it just me that has that issue? Come on, did you ever get something and you opened it and then you're like, uh, and your whole family could tell you didn't really like that, did you? All right, it is just me, isn't it? Nobody else has ever had that happen. All right, then it's, then it's me. I've been guilty of having a hard time reacting and remembering to be thankful. That's why it's important to me. I got to coach myself up and remind myself, Holy Spirit, help me be thankful for things. Like, think about some of those gifts, and maybe you've blocked them out of your mind. You don't remember not being thankful for them. Did you ever get socks for Christmas, and you're like, yeah, socks. I think I have, I have this vivid memory of my dad buying my mom a mop one Christmas. <laughs> she was not thankful for that gift. Let's, like, let's just put it mildly. She was not thankful for that gift. Uh, maybe it was clothes you didn't like. I don't know what it was. Why don't we react the way that we should? Why are we not thankful sometimes? Maybe we didn't like it. It was the wrong color or the wrong style. You know, we weren't sure of the motives of the person that gave me the gift. Like, hey, are you giving me those jogging shoes because you're trying to tell me I need to exercise more? Like, we wonder about all these things, and we have a hard time being thankful sometimes. Maybe it wasn't fun. It wasn't what we expected. This has been a year full of stuff that we have a hard time remembering to be thankful and reacting well to. Has anybody else had that experience? It's not just gifts at Christmas. I'm, I'm tying that into this whole year, the stuff that's come into our lives. Have we reacted well? There's, come on, we're, we're not ignorant of stuff. We don't have our heads buried in the sand. There have been natural disasters this year. There have been people that have really lost things. Uh, we've had people that haven't treated us well. We've, we've had troubles. Come on, how many of you have troubles? It's, it's like that's the general category that it all falls into. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Come on. They wrote a whole song about troubles because it, they all come into our lives. And I'm not, I'm not prophesying that over anybody. That's just what happens. If you live, you experience troubles. And here, according to Scripture, even in the midst of troubles, even in the midst of 2020, whether things are going great for you or you're struggling this year, this is how we're supposed to react according to Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much, God. <laughs> this, for me, I think sometimes this verse ranks right up there with do not worry is one of the hardest verses to obey in the Bible. Anybody ever struggle with the do not worry verse? And we're like, man, you put that in there a couple times, Jesus. But this one ranks right up there for me. Give thanks in all circumstances. Come on, good circumstances are easy to be thankful for. How many of you have experienced that? Things are going well in our life. We're the first ones to say, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so blessed. People ask you at church on Sunday, how are you doing? And you say, I'm blessed. 
or, or I'm blessed and highly favored. Anybody old school religious enough to remember getting that answer for somebody? I'm blessed and highly favored. It's easy to do that when things are going well. But it's difficult to be thankful when the circumstances are harder. That's just the reality of life. When people come up to me sometimes and they ask me, what is God's will for my life? You ever get that question from somebody? What are they asking when they ask you that? They want you to tell them, where am I supposed to live? Who am I supposed to marry? What job should I take? Here's a verse that you could respond with. Right there in Scripture, it explicitly says what God's will for your life is, to be thankful in every circumstance. Sometimes we, we always want God to specify the circumstances, not our response to them. When we're seeking God, God, what's your will? We want him to talk about the circumstances, and he wants to talk about us. Isn't that an amazing thought? His will often revolves around our behavior and attitudes more than our circumstances. Come on, it'll go better this morning for me if you guys will talk to me a little bit. Just even a smidge. Come on, have you ever had that experience where you're seeking Jesus, you're praying, Lord, show me your will, and you're wanting him to talk about the stuff that's going on. Don't you see what I'm going through, Lord? And he wants to talk about you. Yeah, thank you. That could be an ouch moment, I guess. Either amen or ouch. They're all good. But sometimes he comes, we want him to say something about that, and he talks about us. And we start to say things just like we did when we get the gifts that we weren't sure that we liked them. But God, I didn't like that circumstance. That wasn't what I asked for. It wasn't what I wanted. It doesn't fit right in my life. And the reality is that difficult stuff does come into our lives, and we don't have to like every circumstance but we do need to respond like Jesus. And somehow, some way, with his spirit empowering us, our response involves finding a spirit of thankfulness in us, no matter what's going on in the circumstances around us. Here's, here's a great example of how to respond. Uh, how many of you would like to grow in your Christian walk? As you're, you're not sure about raising your hand because you're thinking, where are you going with this, Pastor Chris? I'm not sure I want to say yes yet. So, yes, that should be a given. If, if you're in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus, there should be something inside us that says, I want to grow in my Christian walk. Here's a great verse for us this morning. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, oh, there's those troubles again. And he says, they're coming my way. And he says, when troubles come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Man, we just find all the good verses in the Bible to read together on Sunday mornings. He says when troubles, there's those troubles again, when they come your way, consider it an opportunity to have great joy. Man, our human response, what do we typically do? We typically like to talk about the troubles with other people. We like to complain about them. We like to do the what-if scenario and think about how bad could these troubles get if they don't go away. Come on, any human beings in the room this morning? That's just what your flesh says to you. Hey, look at those troubles. Look how big they are. Let's find somebody to commiserate with us and complain about them. Let's sit and say, woe is me, and have the pity party. The right response is to look for God, what are you doing in the middle of this circumstance? Because I know I'm supposed to be thankful for something. I know I'm supposed to consider it an opportunity to have great joy. You must be around somewhere. If there's thankfulness and joy, that must mean you're here somewhere, but I need to see you. I have to find it. In the middle of the hard circumstances, Lord, show me what you're up to. That verse says, troubles 
are opportunities for great joy. It, just, it doesn't say troubles are coming into our lives just so we can survive, just so we can figure out how to squeak by, just so we can say, well, I got a t-shirt that says, I survived 2020. Come on, that's not why those troubles come into our lives. They come into our life to point us back to him, to get us re-centered and focused on God. What are you doing? It's an opportunity for great joy because I have a chance to grow. Come on, it says when those things come, my endurance grows, my faith grows. You're here. It's November of 2020. Your endurance has grown this year. Come on, look at somebody and say your endurance has grown. Come on, we don't, we don't feel that. Like, we're, we're thinking, I'm just, it's my fingernails that are holding on. If I would have clipped my nails this week, I would have fallen off the cliff. Like, that's all I'm holding on by is the fingernails. That's how, that's our human nature. That's what you get from watching the news. That's what you get from talking to people who don't know Jesus. We're just barely hanging on. And instead, we need to be looking for his activity, even if it's something as simple as like, man, I am here. Everything that 2020 threw at me, we're still here. My endurance has grown. My faith in God has grown because I've seen him sustain me in spite of. That's, that's actually the, the title of the message in this series is in spite of. Come on, we're coming into the Thanksgiving season and there's a lot of people in the world that are wondering what on earth could I possibly have to be thankful for this year? And as the people of God, we need to stand up and say, hey, in spite of everything else, let me tell you what God's been up to. Let me tell you about his goodness. Let me tell you about his faithfulness. I've seen his hand continue to be upon my life. I've seen him working in these circumstances. Because there, there really are two ways to respond to every circumstance, aren't there? It's like, look at, look at the background painting on the, on the slide there. You could either look at that background and say, ugh, like the monkeys got into the finger paints. Like, that's making me kind of nauseous and seasick looking at. Or you could say, man, somebody had these colors that they were so full of joy that they just couldn't contain it and they spread it all over the canvas. Come on, there's two different ways to look at any circumstance. Think about the example of getting gifts at Christmas. We could get a gift from somebody and be like, ugh, I may have actually made that face on Christmas. I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Pam later for that. That, that could be why the kids think it's hard to shop for me. I don't know. You could get a gift and you could be like, ugh. Or you could get a gift and be like, man, thank you so much for thinking about me. Come on, you, you might not even like the gift. Let's be honest. Can we be honest in a room full of Christians and we're not going to lie and say I've absolutely loved every Christmas gift or birthday gift I've ever gotten in my life. You might not even like it. It might not be useful. It might be your kid giving you a gift that like, hey, I went and got this out of the toy box and I'm just handing it to you and I didn't put any effort into it. It might be your 20-year-old your kid making a homemade card because they didn't go to the store on time to get anything for their mom. Completely hypothetical. There's two ways to react, though. You can either say, look at what's going on, or you can say, man, thank you for this gift. Like, the fact that you gave it to me, the fact that we're having this face-to-face conversation, it means so much to me that you cared enough about me to give me a gift. There are two ways to respond. We can choose to talk about any of the circumstances going on in the world right now in two different ways. Oh, the lockdowns. They're talking about locking down the economy again. Or we could say, man, 2020, what a great opportunity we had to just pause and focus on what was important in our life. Those, those kids up there saying, I got to spend more time with my family. How many of us had opportunities to spend more time with our family this year? Come on, there's two ways to speak about the circumstances we're going through. 
We've, we've been coming, we've been regathering at church. There's still some people watching online. Maybe they're not comfortable coming back yet. There's some people in the room. There's been about 50% of what we had pre-COVID returning. There's two ways to look at that. We could either say, oh man, it's only half the people coming back. Look at all the empty chairs. Or we could say, man, there's only half the people gathering on Sunday. What a great opportunity is to reach out to the people that aren't here in this room. What a great opportunity is to, to have empty seats to come fill people in the future. Like there's two ways to look at it and what are we expecting? What are we confessing over it? Why does it matter how I talk about a circumstance? You ever think about that? Like, why does it even matter? I can complain if I, I'm, I'm American. I can complain if I want to. Free. I'm free to complain. No, you're not. Not if you're calling on Jesus. Like, that's one of the worst things you can do. Why does it matter? Well, first it matters because people are listening to you. People are listening to the words that come out of my mouth, and, and you're listening to yourself. Come on. We start talking. First, it's coming through here, and we're hearing ourselves, and the people around us are here, and it's affecting what's going on in the lives of others even. Our words reveal what's happening in our heart, and they really do affect the people around us. And our words also have power. That's why it matters what we say. Famous verse in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Whoo! Right there. No, you don't have to go home and, or go to the store and buy a gun or have a big car. Like, there's power right here. No further away than the end of your tongue. That's why it matters. Our words can kill or give life. This, I mean, when he talks about our words killing and giving life, I'm talking about the stuff we say. I'm talking about the stuff we post, the stuff we text to each other, what we give our agreement to in life. Those words have power, and they affect the people around us. It either brings life or death. I think if we could see what our words do in the invisible realm, it would change how we talk. Do you ever think about that? If you could literally, if you would have your eyes open to see spiritually, invisibly, whatever phrase you want to use to describe it, there's stuff that goes on that we can't see with our natural eyes, right? We're not spooky, we're not weird, it's just a reality. There's stuff that happens invisibly that we don't see with our words, but if we could have our eyes open to see every time our words wound somebody's heart, every time it empowers the enemy to come into our life and wreak havoc, if we could see the other side, every good thing that happens, every, when we give a good report that brings life to somebody and strengthens them. Come on. If we could see those things the same way that we could see in the natural, it would revolutionize how we talk. I would think twice before I say something that's like shooting an arrow in somebody's heart and they just go away wounded. I would seriously think about how can I speak life into this circumstance because when I did that motion, that's really what happens inside of some people. When you speak, either it's, uh, or they're like, whoa, this is great. Like, I felt, I felt good when I came away from talking to them. Our words have power. And I think if we could see what's really going on, we'd think about how we're talking. In the, in the, Old, in the Old Testament, Moses was getting ready to die. He, he knew his time was coming to an end. He was about to go off the scene. And he was standing up before the Israelites and he was reaffirming that agreement that they had made with God called the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses. The, uh, he was reaffirming to them, hey, you guys said yes to this. This is the agreement you're living under. Those, the Ten Commandments, the laws that I gave you, the things that I'm about to leave. I'm about to die and you guys said yes to this so I'm reminding you about it. 
And this is in that conversation when he's reminding them, this is what he said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Come on, he, he didn't have two different curtains like let's make a deal. Does anybody remember that show? Is it, they have a newer version of it, so you're not so old if you remember the original one. I'll take, Monty, I'll take what's behind curtain number two. Like sometimes we see that verse and we think of it that way. It's like having two curtains on the stage and I want to choose the right one. Or, or we think about it like Indiana Jones and the, the Holy Grail. You remember that movie? The, all the cups were on the shelf there and he says, pick one and drink. And then the guy like melts because he picked the wrong one. He says, you chose poorly. Like that's an understatement. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not thirsty anymore. I, I think I don't need a drink right now. Like, sometimes we picture it like that. Like, there's all these options or these two curtains. Like, hey, I'm going to choose life or death. When Moses was speaking and he said, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses, he didn't have two different curtains he was standing in front of. What he put in front of them was a big golden box that had manna, a rod that budded, and the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone inside of it. He put the Ark of the Covenant. They were standing there, and he's saying, I'm calling his witnesses heaven and earth, the temple and the place around it. Choose life or death. But he only put one thing before them. One thing was there, but there were two options. They could view the law as a way to connect with God and receive blessings, or they could view the law as, man, this is going to kill us. Oh, woe is us. Look at all these rules we got to keep. Well, one thing, but two different ways to respond to it. That's the principle we're after here. They could, they could view the same law as something that was either going to kill them and bring curses or give them life and bring blessings. And that's what we're faced with every single day, every single circumstance we walk into. There's two different ways to look at it. Am I going to speak to it and choose to see it as a blessing and look for where God's moving in it? Or am I going to complain about it and walk in curses because I'm speaking death over my circumstances? Choosing life isn't just about picking a different option. It's about how we respond to the only option that's in front of us at the moment. Come on, some, sometimes I wish there was another curtain. God, could I get a redo? Could, we, could I have 2021 in advance instead of having to go through 2020? I don't know what it is. We're, we beg him, like, Lord, take this circumstance away from me. I'd like to pick a different way. He says, hey, that's the circumstance, but there is a different way to pick. How are you going to see it? What are you going to say about it? What are you going to look for? Am I going to see God moving in the middle of it and choose to thank him? Come on, that, that really is the piece of the situation that I have control over, isn't it? Whether I choose to be thankful for something that's happening in my life whether I choose to look for God or not. That's the thing that we have control over. I may not have control over the other people in the circumstance or the natural disasters coming, whatever it is. I don't have control over those things, but right here, I can choose what to look at. So I, I think that's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit's so interested in developing self-control in us because it really does affect our lives and drive. I need to be thankful in spite of to get through difficult situations and circumstances. How, how do I know that that's a secret to getting through difficult situations? Because Jesus is my example. And he needed thankfulness to get through hardships. There was a time when Jesus was getting ready to, to be arrested and go to the cross. He was having a meal with his disciples. 
It was the, the last night they were together. And uh, Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians about that meal that Jesus was eating with his disciples. In 1 Corinthians 11, he's, he's saying, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. Everybody say the night he was betrayed. Do, do we have context for that? He knew what was about to happen. The night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks for it, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you knew one of your closest friends, your, your, your group of people, you, it might not be your person, but your group of people, if you knew somebody in your close group of friends was going to betray you, stab you in the back, run all over you, run you down, actually get you arrested, false charges against you. If you knew they were going to do that in advance and you were eating dinner with them, how would you react during dinner? Come on, think, think about this in real terms with me because they were real guys in a, in a real room with real food on the table and Jesus knew this is the night. This guy sitting over there, the one that's going to dip his bread in the bowl with me, he's going to betray me. He's going to turn me in. This is going to be horrible. And he still sat there at the dinner table and said, I'm going to give thanks. Man, this bread is my body that's going to be given for you. I'm, I'm so thankful that I get to eat this meal with you. Even, and in the back of his mind, he's thinking, that guy's going to betray me. These guys are going to run off and leave me. When it, when it really counts, and I need to not be alone, I need my friends with me, they're all going to turn their backs and go away. And he sat and said, I'm thankful for this moment with you. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to get to give myself for you so that you can know the Father in the way that I do. Come on, in, there are two ways to look at that circumstance. He could have sat there at dinner and said, this is going to be the hardest night of my life. You guys are all going to run away and leave me. This is going to be terrible. You're going to betray me. Instead, he sat and said, I'm thankful. And it enabled him to get through those difficult circumstances. He knew that the others were going to desert him, that he was going to be arrested. He knew he was going to suffer and die, and he still gave thanks. He, if he needed thankfulness to get through a circumstance that we can't even imagine what that felt like, just maybe it's something we need to cultivate in our lives. Just maybe it... it, it it, we need to come to a place where we can look and say, God, show me what to be thankful for here. I'm not seeing it right now, but I need your help to see it so I can be thankful. When, when we choose thankfulness, it changes something because it brings God's presence into the situation. The, the famous verse, I think almost every church reads this at Thanksgiving time. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with what? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. We, we know that we are the temple of God in the new covenant. We're where he lives. It's not a physical building. We talk about church. We say it's a place to gather, but we really are the church. It's people. Why don't we always feel his presence then? If I know he's with me, if that's a promise in scripture and I enter his gates with thanksgiving, I go to see him that way, why don't we always feel his presence? Well, there's, there's a bunch of reasons. We could spend the rest of the week talking about those, but we won't. But I think the first thing is that we forget to be thankful. That's the first step towards his presence. It says you enter his gates. There's, there are gates there waiting to be walked through, to go meet with him, to see him, to experience him, to feel his presence. And he says what unlocks those gates 
is thankfulness. You ever have that moment of panic when your keys were on the other side of whatever door you just shut? You guys know what that feeling is, don't you? It's like you let the car door go, you realize you don't have the keys, and then it goes, oh, no, I'm locked out now. Or your house, and you're not skinny enough to crawl through a window in your house anymore. (laughs) Or you can't crawl through the house, through the window, I don't know. If I've felt dry and overwhelmed by life, if I've, if I've lost that sense of his presence being with me to help me get through these circumstances, maybe I lost my keys. Maybe I need to get back to a place of, hey, there's a key that unlocks this gate to his presence. I need to get back to being thankful just to say, Lord, I really need you right now. This, this life is hard and I don't want to do it by myself. I need your presence with me. And thankfulness is a key that unlocks that door. Thankfulness may not change the circumstances, but it'll change me. And that's ultimately what he's after. He wants to change us. When, when his presence comes, it brings the stuff I need. It brings peace. It brings hope. It brings life to me. It enables me to have endurance to get through these circumstances. So this week, what we're going to do together before we leave today, uh, all around the room on your chairs, there's some sticky notes and some markers. Uh, thank you for not eating the markers. This, that's why we're adults in the room and we didn't give the markers to the kids in the back. Uh, There's sticky notes and there's markers. I would like you to write down something that you were thankful for about 2020. And and we're going to take a moment to think about it. I'm I'm hoping everybody has something that's coming to your mind. But if you need to take some time to ask God, show me something, Lord. I'm not sure about 2020. Show me something. It's okay. Take as long as you need. You You can write. You can stay after everybody leaves if you're still praying and trying to think about it. And what we're going to do after we write on those sticky notes that I got to get everybody's attention back because you all started looking for sticky notes and markers. Andrea's got some extra markers if you need them. Mike's got some sticky notes. Good, good, good. All right, before you start writing, look at me one more time. Or in the midst of writing, pause and look at me one more time. When you are done writing, I'd like you to take that sticky note and just come up and stick it on the cross up there. Just... We're, we're doing it as an act, an outward act of thankfulness to Jesus. Lord, you, you brought some things into my life this year. You allowed me to go through some things. Whatever way you want to look at it, get to the place where you can say, Lord, here is what I'm going to thank you for about this year and that circumstance. And you're going to give it back to him as, as just an act of thankfulness. Lord Jesus, here's what I'm thankful for. So take a minute to write, and then you're going to come up. At any point in time, you can just stand up, make your way up here, stick it on the cross, and then uh, we're going to get back together to pray and dismiss in just a second. As, As you stick your thankfulness on the cross, envision his presence going with you when you walk away from that, that place in that moment. Yeah. There's more sticky notes. If you have more than one thing that you thought of and you want to write more than one, you're welcome to do that. We're we're not going to limit you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. All right. As as a couple other people are making their way up there, I'd like if the rest of us would just stand together. I just want to pray for us. And if... uh, if you're in this room or you're watching online and 
you're searching for something, you've never started a relationship with Jesus, you could have the greatest thing you could ever be thankful for right now today. A relationship with Jesus. To start by saying, Lord, I believe that you went to the cross for me, that you are the Son of God, that you got up and walked out of that tomb. You were raised from the dead for me. In that moment, you're a believer. It says you're saved. That's what Romans says. You're saved in that moment. You start a relationship, getting to know him better and better every day. And it's it's something as, as great as all the things that we're thinking for in our individual circumstances and things that have gone well or not this year. That's the greatest thing that we could ever be thankful for is Jesus after that moment when you broke that bread with your disciples you still walked forward to go to the cross because of your great love for us and so I just I just encourage you whether you're in the room or, or watching online let us know if you want to believe today if you start a relationship with Jesus for the first time we're going to help you be thankful and celebrate that with you God, we come before you right now, thankful that you called us your children, that you gathered us from wherever we were running from you or just not being aware of you. You gathered us into your family. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus. And God, I ask that you would continue to cultivate and stir that spirit of thankfulness in our hearts. No matter what we're walking through, no matter how hard the circumstances may be, or if we're on top of the mountain celebrating, we trust that you are with us. We ask that you would remind us and help us by the power of your spirit to be thankful, to stay in that attitude that invites and unlocks your presence, that affects the people around us. Lord, help us. (laughs) Help us to be good gift receivers of whatever we see coming through our lives that comes from you. Lord, let us not miss those opportunities to be thankful and to recognize your work in our lives. And Lord, we especially ask right now uh, for anybody in this room or under the sound of my voice who has been dealing with a difficult, painful situation, we just ask for your comfort to come in the midst of that, for you to be real right there in the middle of the circumstances, whether it's physical illness, something going on just mentally, broken relationships, whatever it is, loss of job, Lord, if if someone somewhere is looking at it saying, this doesn't look good. Lord, we pray that you would come in that situation, manifest yourself in such a way that they would know that you're with them, that they would see hope, that they would see life, that they would know that there is a future that they have with you. God, we honor you today. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you that as we leave this moment, as we go back out to our workplaces and our families and our homes, that you are with us everywhere that we go. And we give you thanks and honor for that. Lord, bless us indeed as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're here in this room in person and you need some prayer for something, I know a couple situations that are going on. If you need somebody to just stand and pray with and for you, uh, you have pain in your body or there's something else going on that you need a word of faith right now, just come up front. There'll be some people from the ministry team up here that would love to pray for you. That's why they're here today. Uh, otherwise, you're dismissed. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon.